G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. When you go to Jesus for something, you can expect to get infinitely more than you ever imagined. Hello and welcome to Today with Jeff Vines. Today we'll hear the second part of Waiting in the Drought. Pastor Jeff reminds us God's kingdom involves all of us. And although he doesn't always answer immediately when we call on him, it's always worth the wait. If God seems to be unconscionably delaying, it's because there's some massively crucial factor that you and I simply do not know. This is Today with Jeff Vines and part two of Waiting in the Drought. When you go to Jesus for something, you can expect to get infinitely more than you ever imagined from him. But you can also expect that he's going to require infinitely more from you than you ever imagined giving. Expect you're going to get infinitely more than you ever expected, but you can also expect that he's going to require infinitely more of you than you ever expected. Now, here's what happens in the story. Jairus came to Jesus for a fever cure. He's going to get a resurrection. You with me? He was looking for a fever cure. He's going to get a resurrection. He also went to Jesus hoping Jesus would get there on time, but Jesus is going to require from him to trust Jesus even when he shows up late. Same thing happens with the woman. The woman wanted a drive-by healing, didn't she? She wanted to sneak in and sneak out, not even be noticed. Just touch the hem of Jesus' garment, be healed. Woo, I feel much better. And just get out of there. And the Bible says she was healed because of her faith, so she has faith in something, but it wasn't the kind of faith Jesus wanted. It definitely wasn't the kind of faith that would lead to relationship, service, loyalty. In other words, she wanted a private healing without a public confession. So Jesus says, stop everything. Who is, who is it that touched my garment? Now, on the one hand, you can understand what she's going through. Do you realize if she gets caught in public with this chronic illness, they could stone her? She's considered to be impure. She's got a chronic illness. She's impure. Much less to go and touch the hem of a garment of a rabbi. So in her defense, she gets caught doing this. It's not going to be good for her. She knows she better touch and go and hopes that nobody finds out, but Jesus isn't going to let her get away with it. She, see, she came wanting a savior, but not wanting to proclaim one. And Jesus said, it's not going to happen like that. Now stay with me here. You know how long, I've been a pastor now for many, many years. This used to make me angry, but it doesn't make me angry. I hope this is growth in my life. This doesn't make me angry anymore. It makes me sad. I will, I will see people come into Christ Church of the Valley. And they will be here because they're absolutely at the end of their rope. They got nowhere else to turn. And finally, they decided, you know, I've tried everything else. I'm going to go to church. Maybe I'll meet God. And maybe God will do something fantastic in my life. And they come, and you know what? God does. He does something fantastic in their lives. And then I never see them again. I just feel so bad for them. 
Matter of fact, I remember not too long ago that Pastor Phil and I prayed for a lady that had cancer. And if I'm not mistaken, she was healed. I've not seen her since. That's been a couple of years. I mean, we, we brought them up front and celebrated. That's because, folks, amazement is not the same thing as faith. To be amazed with Jesus is not the same thing as putting your faith in him. And Jesus constantly teaches, if you come to me for healing or come to me for something great, chances are I may give it to you. I may not, but I may. And if I do, it's not the end of it. Because I'm going to hunt you and chase you down until you realize that the true transformation I'm after is the one of the heart, the will, the mind, and the emotions. That's why I love to see our people. I've said this so many times. Many of the CR people come because they're desperate, but we're all desperate. They're just willing to admit they are. And they come to a thing, CR, and at first they think they're looking for a formula. If I can just get a formula, then man, I can overcome this addiction and I can overcome this thing that's destroying me, this habits that's stuck to me like Velcro, these hurts and habits and hangups. But it's not too long before they realize they don't need a formula, man. They need a savior. Man, they need, they need a transformation from the inside out. Somebody to change the way they're thinking, or they're never going to be able to overcome what's going on in their lives. They start to realize, man, I don't need a quick fix. I need a long-term transformation. I don't need a supernatural acquaintance. I need a friend, a transcendent friend, yet a friend that comes closer and sticks to me like a brother. That's what I need. If you go to Jesus, I can guarantee you, and I hope you go to him when you have needs, but I can guarantee you this. You may get what you're looking for, Actually, you'll get infinitely more than you ever hoped or imagined, but he's going to require more from you than you ever dreamed of giving. This is the big one. Those things we just went through, I think most of you, if you've lived your Christian life long enough, you know those things. You just need to be reminded from time to time, right? God's timing's not your timing. He does his best work in your life when you're waiting. And third, you go to him, you're going to get infinitely more than you ever imagined he's going to give you, and you're going to be required to give more than you ever imagined. But it's this last one that's the big one. And I think it's the reason Mark 5 is recorded by the power of the Spirit of God. If God seems to be unconscionably delaying, it's because there's some massively crucial factor that you and I simply do not know. Now, I want you to think. This is, this is where we have to really think. So all you ADD, ADH people like me, it's when you go, okay, think, 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 think. Stay with Pastor Jeff. See, I think Jesus said to Jairus, stay with me, stay with me. I'm saying to you now, stay with me. Why does Mark record these two stories the way he does? There's some uniqueness here. Why doesn't he just tell one story and then tell the other? Let me tell you about a woman who touched the, the hem of Jesus' garment and got healed. Next chapter, let me tell you about Jairus when Jesus came to heal his daughter. Why does he juxtaposition these? Why are these stories seem to be interrelated? The second question is, is it possible that the manner in which Jesus was going to deal with Jairus was influenced any way by the way he wanted to deal with a woman? In other words, would Jairus just have got a fever, gotten a fever cure had Jesus not encountered the woman who touched the hem of his garment? Are we so interconnected with each other and our relationship with God that what he does in one life impacts many? So that if you're in a drought and you're waiting on God to do something, is it possible that God's not waiting because you, he's waiting for somebody else? In other words, he's working a specific way in your life because he needs to do something in somebody else's. God's plan has many moving parts. Many moving parts. 
And when we buy into the being a Christ follower in a community of Jesus, we're buying into the mutual good of one another and the growth of one another, even if God does something in my life to help somebody else grow. Could be our kids. <laughs> Could be somebody that's in our life group. Think about think You know that. Listen, I said this is the hidden one. You know this to be true too. When we lost our first child in Zimbabwe, Robin and me, she was struck by a army vehicle. Head on, we lost our first kid. I don't talk much about it. I just stay kind of on the surface. That's all the permission I have from my wife. Okay, I can stay right here, so I'll stay right there. We lost our first child. When you're that young and you lose your first child, first of all, as a husband, you have no idea what to say to your wife. You've just not been through that. It's very painful. It's, it's painful. It, you don't know if you can ever recover. I remember my experience with God and my questions with God. I remember seeing the bruising and the pain of my wife in the hospital. I didn't know what to say to her. This was new territory. I saw the power and the value of friendship as her best friend drove three hours from a village in Cheredzi up to Harare to be with Robin. I saw the power of friendship. But I also saw what happened among the Shona women of Zimbabwe when my wife stood on a stage in a culture that believed that if you lose a child, it's because God has turned his back on you and has cursed you. And my wife stood on the stage and said to all those African women who respected her because she's the pastor's wife and said, God has not abandoned me. God loves me now as much as he ever has. And let me tell you, this child never belonged to me completely. This child belongs to God. And God will honor me. And she had read Jack Hayford's book. I'll hold him one day in heaven. And I saw what that did to the Shona women. It gave them courage to stand up and say, just because something bad happens in my life doesn't mean God's cursed me. God is going to use me in a powerful and effective way. So wait a minute. My suffering, and it was suffering, impacted so many other lives. I preached a gazillion sermons on God using, the sovereignty of God using to do great things in your life. But it was this one thing, one event, and Robin's response to it that started in revival among the Shona women of Zimbabwe. This is Today with Jeff Vines. This is the second half of Waiting in the Drought. Thanks for joining us. Let's continue now with Pastor Jeff. Our lives affect many others. They're, they're so connected. And although Jesus is no longer limited by time and space and can be everywhere every time, think about this from an infinite point of view. Now he's dealing with all of humanity. The point is, if God is delaying in some area of your life, there's just some information you're not privy to. It becomes a matter of trust. And so he says to you, like he said to Jairus, hey, just hold on here. Don't make your Jesus too small. I'm able to do infinitely more than you ever asked for or imagined. You just stay with me. Hey, you know, I don't get to do this very often, but you, there's so many great stories that happen around this place. Let me tell you something that happened a few weeks ago. There was a young girl that heard we were doing this thing called Rooted, experiencing God. So she just came. She'd never been to CCV. She just walked in. She asked where Rooted was. And I explained to her, well, Rooted is in home groups. It's not necessarily on this campus. She was very disappointed. They said, hey, but you're at the age group. You can go in because there's a service happening right now for your age group. So she came in. She came in. She sat down, first time in the church. And there was a young girl on the stage when she came in, sharing her testimony about how she had been contemplating suicide. And just about when she was ready to take her own life, somebody shared Jesus with her and she found one hope, one life in Christ. And she shared her testimony, tears of joy, just weeping that she had found Jesus, a hope. And now she has what it takes to be able to make it, to survive, not only survive, but to thrive in her life. 
The young girl that came that night had already decided this would be the last night of her life and she was going to take her life that night. And she heard this lady speak. They got together backstage afterwards. She ran backstage and just, they held each other and never, never having known each other and just cried and cried and cried. She found Jesus. Now here's the thing. Is it possible that God delayed in this person's life long enough so that she would be on the stage at the precise time that this other girl was searching and seeking to hear what she had to say to compel her and draw her in. That's one story. Who knows what's happening in the room right now? This is the, this is the miraculous power of God. He doesn't determine everything, but he brings everything together, our free will choices, and still accomplishes his will. The beauty of this is if God is delaying in some area of your life, I'm just asking you to admit, there might be some information you don't have. You're not God. There's a sense of arrogance in this, isn't it? Well, God, I know you're God, and I know that you created the stars, sun, the moon, the universe. You you spoke it into being, but I'm not sure you know how my life should be going. (laughs) Isn't there a little bit of self-righteousness there? Especially when you know that God is able to bring everything together. You say, well, you know what, Pastor Jeff, I've heard you say this for years, but quite frankly, I just don't see how he could bring what's happening in my life together for good. And let me say this, you know why you can't see it? Because you're not infinite in your wisdom. You're limited. And he says to you what he says to Jairus, hey, trust me, trust me. just trust me. Now, where's the drought in your life? Where is it? I don't know where it is. Finance, relationship, illness, health, occupation. I don't know where it is. But I can tell you this. Here's what Jesus says to you. Stop trying to think so far ahead. Stop trying to wonder how this is all going to turn out a month from now, six months, a year, two years. I'm asking you to just trust me in this moment. One 24-hour period at a time. Trust me one day at a time. And then when you wake up tomorrow, make a decision to trust me again. Because if you try to get ahead of yourself, you'll never be able to make it. Because the reality is, I know if I could sit down with some of you and talk to you about your life right now, I would probably end up doing what you're doing. I'd think, man, God, this is pretty bad. I mean, I got I to gotta confess to you. I'm on their side. What's taking you so long? I mean, how much is enough? You know what I mean? But then I look, the problem with it is, I look back at my life. And every season of drought in my life is where God did something fantastic. Let's go back to Sion again. She had asthma. I'm holding her for six months, trying to figure out, man, how how am I going to help her here? What can I do? I feel so helpless. And I'm praying, God, please, please, if you don't do something, I'm going to have to leave New Zealand. And I know you want us here, but I'm not putting my daughter through this. And finally, pursue, 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 pursue. Finally, you just get tired and you stop talking to God and you start listening. Are you there yet? You just stop talking. I've said it all, God. And then in your listening and quietness, you hear a voice. And God says, boy, Pastor Jeff, I sure wish you were as interested in Sion's spiritual growth as you are her physical well-being. And suddenly you make the decision as a father to start reading the Bible and having devotions with your kids every night before they go to sleep. And an uncanny thing happens along the way. They start growing spiritually, and one day you wake up and realize she doesn't have asthma anymore. 
God was waiting on me and my thick-headedness to hear his voice. But to do that, had to go through enough drought to where I'd stop begging and just start listening. Folks, there's no shortcut through this. Your response to the droughts of your life is going to be greatly determined by who you think Jesus really is. If you think Jesus is a magician with magic elixir, like the woman did, see, Jesus is going to have to meet with her because he's going to have to elevate her faith. He, he stops everything and says, come here, you need to understand something. You got your healing by faith, but I want a personal faith. I want your faith to be in me where you'll proclaim a savior. If you believe he's just a magician with magic elixir, you're, you're going to grow to resent God because he's not going to give you what you want when you want it all the time. And you're going to be disappointed with God and your disappointment is largely going to be your own fault because you don't know who God really truly is. If you think he's a healer with limitations, if he can cure some things, but he can't do all things, you're, you're going to grow resentment toward God and your, your Jesus is going to be too small. I just can't give you the answer of why the drought's happening in your life. I, boy, I wish I could. Man, I wish I could stand up and lead a pep rally this weekend and say, okay, everybody together, let's raise our hands and call down the power of God and take us all out of this drought. It would feel good, but that's not honest. But I think I can give you and leave you with something that I, I think it'll encourage you, okay? And here's what it is. It's the climax of the story. In verse 41, the little girl's dead now. Jesus looks at her father and says, I'm going to come to your house anyway. And I'm sure Jairus said, why are you coming now? It's over. Jairus isn't even thinking that, man, surely this is not a guy who can make dead people live. So he sits down on her bedside. And verse 41 says, he took her by the hand and said to her two things, Talitha or Talitha kum. Talitha is a word that literally means little girl, but it's a pet name. It's a diminutive form of affection. Very tender, very gentle. It's the word a mother would use to her little daughter when she says something like sweetheart or honey. Sweetheart, honey. And then he says, kum. It's not the word for resurrection. It's the word for it's time to get up. Jesus is doing exactly what any loving parent would do and I can hear my mom doing this when I was a little boy. Jeffrey, remember only she can call me that. Jeffrey, the sun's up and it's sunny outside and all your little friends are waiting for you. Sweetheart, it's time to wake up. And she wakes up and she stands up. My goodness, look at the power there. Look at that power. When Elijah tried to do this in the Old Testament, man, he went through a whole thing, raised his hands, yelled, ran around, got down on his face, bade God, you know. Jesus, just smooth. He's facing the greatest enemy of humankind and he has so much power that he just simply takes the little girl by the hand and raises her right through it. If Jesus Christ has you by the hand, death itself is nothing but a nap. Nothing but an app. And if, if the one who called the universe into being and takes his hand and scatters the stars into the sky, just swoosh. <laughs> Man, you think about that. If he can do that, 
then he can do anything, including giving you something infinitely greater than you ever imagined in the season of your drought. God help us when we make our Jesus to be so small that we think he's got to do what we think he has to do for something fantastic to happen. That's the story of Mark 5. Man, sweetheart, wake up. Wake up. Father, I thank you for your love and your power that's exhibited all through your scriptures. I pray for anyone here that's suffering during a difficult time. Maybe they're going through a drought in their lives and they've been looking for answers for so long. We, we just don't have the answers. We're, we're, we're finite creatures, but we know that if there's a delay of any kind, that there's so many other lives, so many other people around us that may be impacted by what you're doing in our lives. And when we come to you, you will give us infinitely more than we ever thought or imagined. But I know we know that you will require from us. You may require from us a faith that allows us to stay in a drought far too long in our mind. But still, the scales are in our favor. The end result will be to gain infinitely more than our hearts could ever dream for, hope for, or imagine. I pray for strength and courage to arise in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for joining us on Today with Jeff Vines. That's the end of Waiting in the Drought. To hear both parts of this message again, and for more information from Pastor Jeff, you can head to the Vision Christian Store, that's visionstore.org.au, and click on Jeff Vines. Today with Jeff Vines. Just another way vision is connecting faith to your life. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.